I'm Brian Carpenter, host of Fresh Air at Five, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We're bringing you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Christy Hemingway, and we're going to hear from two educators today about a pretty specific but super important resource gap in the area of literacy and struggling readers and the unique resource that they both discovered to fill this gap in an amazingly effective way. We couldn't wait to share the conversation with you, especially if you work with upper elementary, middle school, or even ninth grade struggling readers. Our first guest is Mary-Kate Heavey. Mary-Kate currently works as an equitable literacy coach for the city of Boston. And as a reading specialist and special educator, she works with teachers across her district but she began her career in inner city Boston teaching 7th and 8th grade, both special education and general education students. I thought, you know, coming out of school, coming out of um, undergrad, I'd be like really rearing to go and, and really teaching literature and the books that I loved and got me to really love reading. My students were brilliant, had great language comprehension and loved to speak about books and, you know, as middle schoolers do like to argue about books. And so it took me a little longer to realize that um, some of my students just could not read. Uh, I was working with seventh and eighth grade students and some of the gaps were five, six years. Uh, This shocked me. And, you know, I would search and hunt for books. This is, you know, 12 years ago, books that my students could access. And I couldn't find any. I couldn't find any that were developmentally appropriate. I couldn't find any that were um, sequenced with how I was trying to teach them reading. And there wasn't the big wave of, of the science of reading just yet, even though the research had been there. And I just, I wasn't equipped. I didn't know how to help them. In search of a solution for her non-readers and struggling readers, Mary-Kate went back to school and got a certification in language and literacy and her reading license. And she came to understand what decodable texts are and how they provide essential support for students with dyslexia and other reading disabilities and challenges. But I still couldn't find, couldn't find the right ones. And I felt like, you know, these middle school kids are already plagued with the shame of not being able to read and have spent most of their academic career, you know, using compensation strategies or avoiding print altogether. And sometimes coming that, you know, comes out in the form of misbehavior. It wasn't even just the sense of like, I want to get them to read. I want them to see themselves as learners and that they can read. And when I found Simple Word Books, I opened the book and I thought, oh my gosh, this is almost what I'm teaching my kids, my older kids, any of the kids I'm working with can actually read these books and they're chapter books and they look like books and they look like what their peers are reading. Our second guest today, also a big fan of Simple Words books, is Erin Paskey. 
Erin was a classroom teacher as well. She has supported homeschool families and she's been a dyslexia tutor for over a decade. As a certified academic language therapist and licensed dyslexia practitioner, Erin is passionate about supporting struggling readers, so much so that she and her husband founded the Nashville Dyslexia Center. It's been just a joy to come alongside these families and these students who are so bright, they just need to be taught in a different manner. I find, Erin, that a lot of people that I encounter who have gone into this, particularly this area of specialization, have a story. What what was it for you that caused you to focus on dyslexia specifically? So I was taking classes alongside professional teachers who were also working toward a reading specialist certificate. And they were asking questions about how do we fix it when a child reverses B's and D's? And nobody really had answers. And so I felt like I just wasn't getting enough information. And I started in the classroom at a private school in St. Louis, and I really did not know anything about learning disabilities. I had a student in my class, and I'll call him John. I was teaching fourth grade, and John was a great kid. John was athletic, and he lived to play football at recess time. And he was a really hard worker, and everybody liked John. And I noticed that John really labored to read. It was such a struggle for him. And I felt so badly for him because the culture of our school was to share a lot of literature aloud. And so it was very common for teachers at our school to call on students to read. And when it was his turn, it, the poor guy, he, he tried so hard, but it just was slow and choppy and laborious for him. And I could tell he was just waiting for his turn to be over. We were a small, private school. So we didn't have the resources that a lot of public school systems have. And so all we knew to do was to offer this student extra time. And unfortunately, that was during recess. And I hated keeping him in from recess, but he needed the time to finish his assignments. And so it was really not a great situation. And I didn't know what to do. After that, I worked for a couple of homeschool families. And that's where I became acquainted with the diagnosis of dyslexia. And I said, I want to help these kiddos who are struggling with reading. And so I learned uh, the Barton Reading and Spelling System. I later got certified in it and it changed my world. Suddenly, all these questions I had about language made sense. I have a fire to never let this happen again to students. I feel so badly about what happened to the student I'm calling John that I never want that to happen again to another student. I want students to get help early, um, to have access to the right materials and the right teachers so that they can become confident readers. And so that's what drives us at Nashville Dyslexia Center. We wanna provide the right help and hope for these smart kids. Erin, what age students do you work with? We have students of all ages. We like to see them early. We see students in mid-kindergarten. That's about the earliest that we see them. First grade is wonderful, second grade, but we have students in our program who are 13, and it is never too late to get the right kind of help. Right. And those older kiddos present a unique challenge, I think. I, I also have worked as a literacy consultant, although I do not specialize in learning disabilities, so I have a lot to learn from you in that. But I hear over and over again from middle school teachers and even high school teachers they have kids in their class who aren't decoding, mm -hmm. you know, it, all the way in middle school and high school. 
And those teachers are trained in how to teach literature. They're not trained to teach reading. And the content and the ideas and the topics that are being addressed in those lower Lexile books are way below grade level. And it's not that these students can't understand the concepts. It's that they can't decode the words, which are two very different things. You I mean, I'm so telling right, you Christy. things that you already know, right? But this is this is the challenge with these older kiddos. You're exactly right. You know, we if we think of language as a code, we have these visual letter symbols and we say that they make sounds. And if you're not totally sure what that visual letter symbol is supposed to say, you can't put them together into words. You have to be solid in the code of the language in order mm -hmm. to read fluently. And so we really need materials and teachers who understand this. And we need lots of opportunities to practice that decoding. And that's what I love about Simple Words books because it gives students that decoding practice in a format that doesn't look so babyish as some of the other decodables that are out there. Help us understand the difference between a high-low book because there are, there are, is a market, you know, a big market for what, what are called high-low books, which means high interest, low reading level. That is not the same thing as a decodable book. What, what distinguishes those two? I think the tide is turning in education and there's a greater emphasis on the science of reading, mm -hmm. making sure that students understand that language is a code and these are the rules that govern it, the syllable types, so on and so forth. Yeah. And there's a difference between these decodable chapter books and some of the leveled books that are really common in classrooms. Leveled books are not necessarily decodable. Students are assigned an alphabet letter saying this is their approximate reading level and they supposedly advance through these leveled readers, mm -hmm. but it doesn't actually mean that they are decoding any better. These students might be relying on context clues, picture clues, their background knowledge could be stronger with one topic than another. And so I think having these decodable books is important from a teacher's perspective because we need to be aware that it's really decoding that needs to be our foundation. That needs to be strong. Can you help our listeners get smarter about what exactly is a decodable reader? I'm really glad you asked that question. Our language is a code. We have these visual letter symbols on the page that represent sounds of speech. We need to have a strong connection between that visual symbol and that speech sound that it represents. We need to have an understanding of those rules that govern our language. When we are reading and we are sounding out words, that's called decoding. We're taking that code and we're figuring out, what is it saying? How do I translate this into a word? from the sounds that I'm seeing and hearing here. So when we talk about text that students are reading, we want to give them decodable texts. These are words with familiar patterns in them, patterns that they have been taught in their phonics lessons. We don't want a lot of those irregular words in our decodable texts. We want repeated opportunities for students to break the code of the language. So when it comes to students, especially who struggle with reading, they need lots and lots of opportunities to decode or sound out words. 
especially in the context of a sentence and a paragraph and a story. So that's what decodable texts are, being able to sound out the words on the page. Oftentimes when you're looking at decodable texts, you have to sacrifice content or interest because you're really working with words that have been systematically introduced and you're starting with the most simple form of language, the most simple syllable. And so that limits you, right? Um, You can't be using multisyllabic words in which students are able to have in their expressive and receptive vocabulary. That I think is a very real thing in a lot of products and a lot of um, decodables that, that are out there. And then you have what you're referencing, that high-low of I'm have some type of content in which could be interesting for kids, but it doesn't match where they are in reading, right? So they can't actually open the book, practice independently. And that is ultimately what our kids want. They want to be able to read on their own. So the Hilo books, they may be helpful supporting kids in their independent reading life. But my understanding about the decodable books is that they're actually systematically teaching the sounds and the reading and the digraphs and all of the things um, sort of under the table, right? Yeah, that's right. That is how our students learn to read is when they're taught in an explicit systematic way. Oftentimes for our more struggling readers, um, you add that multi-sensory component, but really it's great for all, all kids. For kids to be able to enter a decodable text in which if they have only been taught, let's say a closed syllable that includes a short vowel, right? And that's the only type of syllable that they encounter. Mm-hmm. They're able to read that book independently on their own if they have all of their sounds, yeah. right? And that's huge because when you have reluctant readers or when you have readers that we put something down in front of them and as soon as they see a big word or as soon as they see a word, they feel like they can't attack, right? They shut down. As soon as those kids shut down, you can't get them to open back up and to to enter the text. Um, And so I really found that to be such a game changer with simple workbooks. Yeah. And so... To just clarify for the listeners, Simple Words Books is the name of the company and it's decodable chapter books for older kids. You would, what would you say, upper elementary into middle school, maybe even lower high school? Is that who these are targeted for content wise? Content wise, I think, you know, as early as first grade, I mean, she definitely has a range of texts in which even younger kiddos can can benefit from. And then I think, yeah, I think through middle school for sure. But, you know, I have to be honest, and this is sometimes just, you know, my colleagues would disagree with me, but I've also taught high school. And uh, sometimes that component of if the content feels relevant to them Sometimes that's pushed aside if they feel success in reading. Hmm. So if you have an older student that has not been able to read on their own, and then they feel success with reading on their own. I don't necessarily go by grade level. I look at what is a child interested in, and then have they learned skills sufficient enough to be successful with this kind of book? I want to clarify that. I think children should look at any book that they want to. 
I don't care for it when students are told, no, you can't read that book because it's not at your reading level. But yeah. when we talk about developing habits of reading and we're in an instructional context, I especially want to give them decodable books that they can be successful with. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what it is that they're reading. I mean, of course, you have to consider engagement and motivation and developmentally appropriate texts. But I guess what I continue to get at is having kids, young adult learners feel like readers. And that's what these books yeah. do because they're so accessible. Sometimes students don't want to feel like they're just practicing reading all the time. Right. Right. They want something so that they feel like a reader. So I went on a hunt and I found the company Spire has decodable readers and they're great, but they're really short. And my students still felt like they were practicing reading. So when I found Simple Words books, I got really excited because these are chapter books that are decodable. And when you pick one up in your hand, you feel like you're holding a chapter book and no one is any wiser that these words are decodable versus any trade paperback that's out there. The pictures on the front are inviting and colorful. And when you turn to the inside of the book, you can't tell that this is a special chapter book at all. And so my students just gravitated towards these books. So what I started doing is when I got a student to a certain reading level, we would start pulling these out at the end of a session and reading a chapter or two. And it is so satisfying for a student to take a bookmark and move it to the next chapter. And then the next time they're moving it again. And these books are long. They're over 4,000 words a piece. So the student really feels a sense of accomplishment by the time he or she has finished reading it. I would buy these books and I do buy these books as gifts for my students. And at least in times past, the author, she has written personal notes to my students on the inside cover. Mm. And I can't tell you what that means for them. Here's a book that they can read and the author took the time to write their name and a message inside. And I just feel like it's just a wonderful, wonderful reading opportunity for students. It's important for people to understand that this isn't just this resource is not just for interventionists or reading specialists. No. This is a classroom resource, right? Absolutely. And I should, I should share that. The first, first group of students that I introduced these books to, mm -hmm. uh, it, it was, you know, a group of students I had, fifth grade students, and I about six or seven of them. And I said, all right, I have some chapter books for you. And I pulled them out. And immediately the kids saw them and were like, nope, uh-uh. And I said, no, 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 no. Like, I want you to just take them, like flip through, just skim, right? Okay. So they said, no, 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 because they were afraid that it was going to be too hard. It was because it's a chapter book, yeah. right? You know, introducing them to, to, to concepts that they should have mastered in, you know, kindergarten, first grade, right? And so a few of them took them. Okay. And the next morning by... 8.30 a.m. I get into my office and I notice that a bunch of the books are back. And I thought, oh, geez, okay, they just didn't like them. And their classroom teacher ran up to me and said, oh, my gosh, the boys were waiting for you to get more books. They read them last night. They read them all. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He was almost crying. I was almost crying. I mean, we were really, uh, these are kids that were are real reluctant readers. And like I said, for a number of reasons, right? And they couldn't get enough. They couldn't get enough. Hmm. 
And so she was like, give me, like, how do I get these into my classroom? Like, can I please make a whole, like a, I'll put in my library, I'll put these texts here and, you know, um, I'll guide them to, you know, my other students who could benefit. And, and, you know, I think the other piece when we're talking about proficient readers is it's not just accuracy, it's automaticity. And the way that these students were able to enter the text and not spend so much time with the cognitive lift of decoding every single sound or every single word, they were able to read fluently. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so that not only supports their confidence, right, but that's helping them become proficient in the skill in which I'm explicitly teaching. Right. Yeah. Uh, they're able to do that practice on their own. Well, and that confidence is huge. I mean, we talk about it all the time, like it's sort of this fluffy extra. It's it's all of it, right? If they don't have the confidence to take then the next step and know that they're going to be successful, that then they get paralyzed. They do. And I think it's, you know, these books are supplemental. I don't know how the author does it, but she has figured out a way to make this as close as anyone can be in terms of decodable text. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. So there's yeah. no curriculum involved. There aren't lesson plans. These are completely supplemental readers to hopefully your very structured literacy program. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, I know that there's some workbooks and things like that, which, you know, ultimately students that struggle with reading, oftentimes they're given a even a, a workbook or a worksheet that they can't even access, right? Mm-hmm. So when they're when they're able to actually answer the questions on their own because they can read the questions, yeah, <laughs> pretty powerful too. I can't I can't really recommend this resource enough in terms of um, how it got some of my most reluctant readers who have really hated their whole academic experience for years because they've struggled with reading so much. You know, and I'd like to think that we were able to close some gaps. I can't get those kids to to gobble up books like in, unless those books are there, right? It does. If I can tell you a quick story. I'd love a story. So I had a student, um, a boy in mid-elementary school who had such anxiety about connected text. That's what we call sentences that are strung together, like a short story, connected text. And so he started going through the Barton program with me and he would just melt down when it came time to read the short stories at the end of the lesson. He saw 70 some words on the page and it really overwhelmed him. And I understood that. And so we needed to get to a place where he felt confident. So a little time later, I I got one of these books and I really wasn't sure how he was going to react, but I got for him the first book, Sam is Stuck. And I just handed it to him at the end of the session, not sure what he was going to do with it. If he was just going to set it aside and say, no, I can't. But he picked it up. He opened up to the first page and he started reading with his nose in the book and he tuned everything else out. Mom and I were having a conversation and she said, "Okay, it's time to go. And this this sweet boy, he kept reading. He kept his nose in the book and she had to guide him by the elbow out of the public library where we had been tutoring. He got in the car, still reading, drove all the way home. And mom called me in tears saying, my son has never read a book before. And he did not stop. He went to the backyard, sat on his swing, and he continued reading. She was in tears because of the change she saw in her son. That is no small thing. 
That's huge. I bet he was then eager to do it again. Oh, yes. Are, are there more books? Yes. And that's yeah. the beautiful thing. Even today, I was working with a student and I was having her read Sam is Stuck and she turned over the back of the book where there's previews of additional titles. And she said, oh, I want to read this one and I want to read that one. And it was so great to say we can. There are more books yeah. here. There's lots for you here. So that's um, incredible qualitative data that you just shared. I'm wondering if you do have any quantitative data around outcomes and reading levels. What I can tell you is that every student that has read one of these texts um, and continued to read them, wanted more, more of them, wanted more of them, their automaticity flew through the roof and they could read fluently at grade level. No, but what it did was allow them, one, to see themselves that they can read a full book, they can read a chapter book on their own, and that they weren't as hesitant. And that was something that the classroom teachers would say to me is they're more willing to engage in the classroom text. They're more willing to engage in books that are more rigorous for them because they've gotten this practice on their own, um, because they view themselves as readers. The students that come to National Dyslexia Center are sometimes a bit anxious about reading. Mm. They are low in confidence when it comes to reading. They're unsure of themselves and they really kind of dislike reading. And I understand that it's very difficult for them. And so these simple words books help a student feel more confident. And I have seen that over and over. It feels good to finish a chapter book and to say, I did it. And in some of these books, there has been a certificate in the back to celebrate that finishing of a chapter book. Because it might be the first time that they ever read something from oh, front yeah. to back. Yeah. And so when a student becomes a little more confident, they're more willing to try additional skills and to try things that have seemed really hard in the past. So I get really excited when I use these books in my tutoring sessions because I put the book on the table and the student automatically grabs it and opens it and starts reading. That has never been the case for any other decodable item that I've used before. So before you found this, was the landscape pretty barren? I don't know of a lot of yeah, resources. Yeah. No. And that's why I was so glad to find them. I had in my computer files some printable, decodable text, but that again felt a little babyish to yeah. students to have this folded book that their teacher made, you know, and then you just toss it away. It doesn't really feel like reading. And I had tried the Spire decodable books and those have definite utility and use and I do like those. And then the Barton Reading and Spelling System also sells what they call standalone books which again are decodable. There's no pictures in them and they are chapter books, but they don't have the same feel in your hand as the simple words books do. They're a little bit more like, this is more practice for you. Whereas, like a reader, feels like a reader. Yes, exactly. Instead of a real book. I think right now the, the market is booming <laughs> with, um, with products and you know, I think it's really important as educators and those that are making the decisions around buying these materials is lots of things are going to say, this is a science of reading resource and this is, um, you know, follows these guidelines and this and that. But then you open up the text and within a 10 word sentence, there's three or four words that ha contain a syllable type or a sound that 
will not be introduced until much later because it's more on the complex end, right? And so right there, that's not immediately accessible. I have not seen books that have been this high of a a decodable level. I just haven't. And it it doesn't sacrifice the content in any way. Uh, You know, I mean, you ask the kids comprehension questions about what they're reading and they could tell you all about it. And, um, you know, you've got mystery books, you've got books that have sports, it's, you know, different types of fantasy. I mean, she's including all the genres that are engaging and and, and that kids really love. This is really my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> and no, that's why we wanted to talk to you to find out yeah. all the reasons why it's your favorite. I have a really wonderful job in the sense that my students are very diverse. Um, a lot of English language learners, a lot of students um, that have been identified with um, special education or students that maybe have had interrupted education that come, you know, from many different countries across the world. And these books have done the exact same for them as mm. any other student. Okay. So it's two things, right? It's them being able to really practice and become more proficient readers, but it's also this huge confidence boost in, I can read, I can read a full chapter, right? I don't, I don't just have a little paper, you know, decodable, or I don't just have, you know, um, four sentences in front of me and that, and that's it. That's how, that's me as a reader, right? They're opening books and they're seeing themselves as I'm a learner. I can do this. Is this something that should be in every classroom library? Or I mean, absolutely without a doubt. Any teacher or anyone that works with, I would say, third graders through eighth grade, I mean, this is really a great, this is a must in terms of your classroom library, in terms of something to supplement with your explicit teaching, with whatever curriculum you're using. Uh, it's It has to be there. It has to be available for these kids because they go into a classroom library or they go into the school library and there's nothing for them. I think any classroom teacher incorporate these books in. Um, As I said earlier, no one is any the wiser when looking at these books that they are decodables. So they could be in the classroom library for any student to read. We don't have to limit the audience for these books to students who are struggling with reading. Anyone can read these. A teacher could use these in small group settings when they're going through a book together or a book study. Why not use one of these books? And then have all the students in the group be successful with reading. And one thing that's really nice for teachers and parents is at the back of the book, there's a word list. Uh, The author has put charts here telling you which words are in here and how many times they appear. So it's really easy to flip to the back and see, oh, There's digraph CK. I have taught digraph CK. And that occurs 14 times in the word rock. We're good. I've taught that skill. Or to take a look and say, hmm, there's the word may. I haven't covered digraph AY yet. So I may need to prep the student beforehand. So I think it would make lesson planning very easy. And then the teacher could be better prepared to match this particular book with a student or a group. Because I went so nuts over these books, I reached out to the author oh. and thinking, you know, what's, what's the harm in doing that? Uh, and she responded mm. and I told her about, you know, how excited my students were and how transformative it had been for them. 
And she was so kind and said, do you want me to send, um, you know, a certificate of achievement, send some books with uh, my signature? What can I do to help, you know, support them? And I mean, how amazing is that? And it's an ever-growing library. Am I understanding that right? That there are new titles being published all the time? There are. As I mentioned before, I use these books as gifts for my students, and I have not run out of options yet. As I think about a particular student and what would he or she like to read, I can find anything that I want with Simple Words books. And I understand as well that the library is growing with materials that appeal to adults as well learning more about learning difficulties. And there are books as well about personal experiences of adults that mm -hmm. have had learning challenges. So I really appreciate the support for the family members who have struggling readers. There's something there for everybody. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you feel like would be important or that you'd love for our listeners to know about Simple Words books? They're life-changing. Mm -hmm. These books are truly life-changing for students who have been struggling, who have felt defeated, who are not engaged by the easy reader types that we often use during instruction. They feel like they are readers and they join that club, that exclusive group of readers. It's not an exaggeration to say that these books are really important for mm -hmm. my students and for, for all children. You can find Simple Words books through the link in the episode notes or by visiting edcuration.com. That's E-D-C-U-R-A-T-I-O-N dot com and search Simple Words books. In the episode notes, you'll also find links for Mary-Kate Heavey and Erin Paskey and the Nashville Dyslexia Center. If you have a favorite resource that has reshaped learning for your students and you'd like to share it with our Ed Curation audience, please let us know in the comments or reach out to us through our website. And thank you for joining us for another episode of Reshaping Learning with the Ed Curation Podcast. Mm -hmm.